you know, it makes me feel like, you know what, we're not just a fly-by-night, you know, here today, gone tomorrow, you know, amen, right? You know, we're here with a big bang, and then what happened to Franklin Government Church, you know, right? No, we have kids that were born and are graduating and going to college, and, you know, it's, uh, amen, amen. God continue to use, may we be His ambassadors in reality. Uh, amen. Somebody get these flank lights, please. Um, children, it's your turn. <laughs> no, you can go to classes. Uh, as far as communion goes, listen, those who are slated to serve communion today, if you will remain after we close and anyone here who would like to partake of communion, Please just stay around and everyone, let's just keep it quiet and reverent. And as we as we leave, keep our conversations to the back or maybe over in the in this area over here. OK, can we do that? You can talk now <laughs> if they like, yes, or what, John, are you crazy? Amen. That'll work. OK, everybody get it. Good. I'm sorry. I just. I just, you know, when Erica sings, I forget about just about anything. Yeah. (laughs) And the girls, oh, my goodness. Sweet, sweet, sweet. And you know what? It really wouldn't mean anything. It would just be music. But because of the presence of the Lord in their lives, it's much more than that. Amen. It's true worship. Because we're called to worship Him, how? In spirit and in truth. That's right. Right. So the notes can be right. The rhythms can be right. The intonation can be correct. Uh, you know, the, everything can be correct technically. But if the presence of the Lord is not in the midst because we don't recognize it, then... Eh, kind of like tinkling brass and cymbals and... Duty horns and things. Anyway, you know. Anyway, so, how's everybody? Well, what a precious time in the Lord, you know? I just love spending time with y'all. <laughs> um, I could hear you singing this morning, and it was just encouraging and uplifting. And uh, we know, we know, we are convinced that as soon as we walk in this room and gather as his kids, that the Spirit is here. Amen? Before we ever strike a note or vocalize a word, the Spirit is here. And we recognize and we confirm that. Amen? And if you don't sense the Spirit, it's not the lack of the Spirit's presence. It's our posture before The Almighty God. And that's all I'm going to say about that. This morning, this is Pentecost Sunday um, for, I guess, people on the Roman calendar. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Pentecost. We're going to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. But there is no way in 20 minutes. (laughs) That would be a miracle, wouldn't it? (laughs) There's no way in 40 minutes. There's no way in... 
50 minutes that you can cover the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the church, in us as individuals, in creation. Right. But we're going to we're going to scratch the surface, just kind of a little history and and see the main purpose of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. There are many functions, right? Let's roll. So I called it. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? Amen. Yeah. I think there's a song. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever questioned or wondered about the ministry of the Holy Spirit? See, I know that some of us do and some of us have because I'm in Bible study and I'm in, you know, right? And I, and I hear the question. I hear the discussion. I know that we're on different pages sometimes. I know that our experiences are different. You know, the, the, the type of churches that we grew up in or not at all, which is probably safer. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, but I mean, you take somebody like Emily, though. I mean, she grew up in the church and wow. Amen. So we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater or the graduate. <laughs> uh, but we, we come from different points and different understandings. And some of us are have read the Bible many times and some of us have read bits and pieces. And, and it's just, you know, any that any that you have at all is, is good because it's alive. Right? And it's sharper than any two-edged sword, right? And it's not alive because it's black on white. It's alive because of another function of the Holy Spirit. He brings it to life. No matter what translation, no matter what version, no matter what paraphrase, no matter what language, the Holy Spirit is the one who makes it alive. And who leads us into what? All truth. Right? Because even Satan used the scripture against Jesus. But when Jesus responded, it was the scripture with the Holy Spirit in correct context and in the purpose of God the Father. Amen? So that's important. I mean, that's important that we, we understand that and that we, we don't just... Read the words, but we ask the Holy Spirit, you know, lead us, teach us, guide us, part of his thing. So, we wonder about the ministry of, how does he function? What's his relationship to the Father and the Son within the Trinity? Now, I'm taking a chance that I might lose some of you by mentioning this, but I'm going to take the chance. When we talk about the relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit... Within the Trinity, there's a movie called The Shack. Now, don't base your theology on The Shack. But it is a beautiful picture of the submissive relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Their roles within the Trinity. How they encourage each other. How they uplift each How they... Praise each other even. You know, they give each other honor all the way through. And if you don't glean anything else, you know, if you want to burn it or trash it, well, I don't really care. But what I want us to get is the beautiful relationship 
within the Trinity, the community within the Trinity, the communion within the Trinity. It's powerful. And so the Holy Spirit really doesn't do anything outside of the Father and the Son, right? And the Son really couldn't have done what he did without the power of the Spirit, right? And, and, the, and the instruction of the Father. He said, I don't do anything except what I hear the Father, right? Instruct me. So it's all together. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we don't want to um, like pull him, her, it. See, it's a spirit. And we don't have words for that, you know, right? We don't have a, like a non-gender word. We could just say like maybe God. But understand, when I say he, it's just it's the inclusive he, you know, the, 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 the acceptable English way of saying all people, right? Are you good with that? Okay. So when you can't pull the Holy Spirit out and, all of us, and lift him up above the Father and the Son, you cannot do that. They won't do that to one another. Are you with me? They won't. And so we don't. And we won't. And, and there, there have been groups of people who have kind of raised the spirit above the father and son. And then there are those that have raised the father above the you know, Or maybe it, Jesus only, you know. Or, or, but we don't want to do that. We want to keep it the triune God who is in perfect unity and love for each other. Right? Okay, so we want to join that. In fact, God the Father has invited us to join that through the sacrifice of His Son. Amen? Woo! So that's not even the sermon, but I'm so excited about it. But it's just hard to get a good look at a spirit. You know what I mean? It's like the wind, you know. You can't see it, but you can see what it's doing, Right? And so, and that's a great, great picture. But we do have several ways to gain a better understanding. One, and probably the most reliable, is the Scripture. Amen? We have descriptions of His personality in the Scripture. We have accounts of His involvement in creation. The lives of prophets, kings, armies, mothers, pastors, evangelists. Apostles and their daughters. And the list goes on. We have instructions regarding our responses to his influence in our lives and the life of the church, the body, the bride. For instance, in Ephesians, where it says, be diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of of peace. So we know that the Spirit brings unity, right? Because if we're all following the same Spirit, then we're walking lockstep, right? And so it's our job then to respond correctly, right? To the leading and the unity that's already there. And how. Yes, sir. Yeah. Got the. <laughs> it's got like a little emphasis right there. Yeah. So where was I? <laughs> and then we have our own experiences, right? Now, that's really the least reliable. But it's the closest thing to us. And probably the most impacting, right? So in this arena, there seems to be most oftentimes a mix between body, soul, 
and spirit, not always completely trustworthy, but valuable nonetheless. And here again, this baby in bathwater. But we're going to get, we're going to speak what the spirit is telling us in our language, right? And all language, all languages are limited. We're going to think in our minds ways to explain it, and we just do it. We can't help it. We just do it. And so we, we need to realize that that is a possibility, that it's most of the time a mix, but believe by faith that the Lord can sort it out for the speaker and the hearer, Right? In this arena, there seems to be not always completely trustworthy, but valuable. That's probably the biggest reason for a submissive and humble attitude. When we hear and share things, we sense are prompted by the Holy Spirit. I want to read that again, if I can find it. That's probably the biggest reason for a submissive and humble attitude when we hear and and share things we sense are prompted by the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Isn't that good? That's a good way for us to live, isn't it? I hope saying these things stimulates all of us to be more curious about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So much so that we all would take time to search the Scripture. Each one of us individually. And collectively, in a study or in a book we read or whatever, but always go back to the Scripture. That we would pray and seek the wisdom of the Father, because that's a promised function of the Holy Spirit, right? Leads to all truth. That we would individually and personally, upon ourselves, open, open. (laughs) I wonder why that didn't look right. That we would individually and personally open ourselves to the power, the comfort, the leading, the teaching, the companionship, and the presence of the third person of the triune God. This being, this day being Pentecost Sunday, we will focus on the first Pentecost celebration after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. It is the Jewish feast celebrating the giving of the law through Moses. God chooses this feast day. He chose this feast day, this prophetic day, to pour out his spirit. Isn't that interesting? It's a wonderful thing. In John 1, 17, in the Amplified Version, it says, For while the law was given through Moses, grace, unearned, undeserved favor, and spiritual blessing and truth came through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Isn't that good? So let's look at the way the Holy Spirit functioned and what resulted when he fell on the crowd who was gathered from all over the region. We'll start in Acts 1 first and give the context. Okay? Now here's some guys and some gals who've walked with Jesus, who've seen Jesus, 
some of whom were actually part of the twelve, right? Who followed him around three years, learning and growing, actually doing, you know, learning by hearing and doing, right? And so, in the guy, and we call them the apostles, you know, capital A, apostles, uh, as well as disciples. So here they are, and, and Luke, Luke, one of them, is writing this. He, he wrote the Gospel of Luke, and, and then, then he wrote this Acts of the Apostles. So he, so he addresses the same person, Dear Theopolis, in the first volume of this book, I wrote on everything that Jesus began to do and teach. Right? That's the Gospel of Luke. Until the day he said goodbye to the apostles, the ones he had chosen, watch this, through the Holy Spirit. Amen? He didn't even choose, choose the apostles like on his own recognizance. Or like, you know, like, well, I think I'll get 12 guys, you know, because that's what, that's what uh, you know, those guys do. That's what, uh, you know, teachers in, in the Jewish thing, they, you know, gather some disciples, for, you know, around them. And, uh, but no, no, he was, had, he was led by the Holy Spirit even to do that. It wasn't just a cultural thing, although it fit in the culture. Until the day he was taken up to heaven. After his death, he presented himself alive. And I love this. Alive to them. And many different said in many different settings over a period of 40 days. Wow. In face to face meetings, he talked to them about things concerning the kingdom of God. Isn't that amazing? I mean, even though we've read that, many of us have read it and many of us have just glossed right over. It, and it's like, really? Like 40 days after? I mean, people saw him. Yeah, yeah, and there were even people that were dead, you know, that saw them and that came up out of their graves, and that's pretty wild. Now, I don't know how they got back in there, but it really just kind of doesn't tell. But, you know, you think about things like that. I mean, I, you know, right? You think about how did they get back in there? You know, so we don't know. But, so there they were. And as they met and ate meals together, he told them that they were on no account to leave Jerusalem, Jesus told them, but must wait how many are good at waiting? <laughs> Must wait for what the Father promised. Who promised? The Father. The promise. He promised. And th- so they're in the waiting mode, but they're waiting for something that Father has promised. The promise you heard from me. Verse 5. John baptized in water. You will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And soon. Wow. Now, when we read baptized, what it meant was to be stuck all the way under. I mean, surrounded. It's soaking in. It is soaking in. It's like, how many of you, I mean, I know all of you have seen like a dry sponge sitting up on the, on the sink, right? It's hard. I mean, right? You could throw it and hurt a child, right? <laughs> But, but all you have to do is just, just put a little water on it, and, all, and it just starts permeating. And the sponge begins to be soft, and you can actually, you know, wipe some of the goop off of the table that your children have <laughs> drooled and spilled and whatever. But it's functional, and, and, it, and, it, and it gives the sponge a whole different identity. In essence, instead of a hard brick, it's now a soft and pliable. And that's what happens when you're born again, because you're born of the spirit and God makes a deposit 
of the Holy Spirit to say, hey, this is real. I'm in you. You're different now. You are different now. And the spirit is there. And then what if you what if you take and you just take a pitcher of water and you just really pour and you you just saturate that thing. Wow. Then it's it's like being filled with the spirit. It's like it's like having an anointing. It's like it's kind of a periodic kind of a thing, you know, that happens when the spirit comes and and it's just you're overwhelmed. I mean, it's just like, wow. Have anybody ever felt that sense? You know, yeah. And. It can happen just anytime, anywhere. I mean, Ingalls, you know, or Walmart, or just like at the gas station. It's just like all of a sudden you feel and sense that overwhelming thing, right? And it's not like, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, some of the, some of the different religions that, that baptize that way, you know? It's, or maybe a poor. You know, or maybe put someone in hand. But, but you see what I'm saying? It's a picture. It's a picture. But then, <laughs> and I was supposed to put this in here, and I don't know if I did. Nope, I didn't. So in the Gospel of John, he says that John the Baptist came. And he baptized in water for the forgiveness of sins. But Jesus came who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So we know that Jesus is the baptizer, right? And so when we read this account in Acts 1 and 2, then, then we begin to see in John... In, in Acts, in the fifth verse, John baptized in water, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And soon, when they were together, so now you get a feeling, you get a feeling of what they've been hearing and so forth. When we're, they were together for the last time, they asked, Master, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now in this time? And he told them, you don't get to know the time. This is a message, by the way. Timing is the Father's business. What you'll get is the Holy Spirit. See, we don't need to know the time. It's not academic. It's relational. Amen? Woo! You'll get the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, not just in you, on you, you will be able to be my roll in the aisles. <laughs> I mean, you can, but that's not the main thing. That's not the main thing. What happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to start to shape like this? Well, maybe, but not necessarily. Or there have been movements where people would laugh uncontrollably, right? Now, I'm not poo-pooing that, man. I'm not going to touch that. You know, that may be the way the Holy Spirit in power affects your body. I don't know. It, it doesn't mind, but it, it doesn't matter. But here again, we can have a real mix between spirit, soul, which is our basically mind, will, and emotions, where we choose 
Do we choose to follow the spirit that's wed with our spirit and with whom we are sealed to the day of redemption, right? Or do we follow the evil one? Or do we follow our own desires? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, right? So we make those choices, and the Lord has given us those choices. He says, choose you this day. He says it so many times in the Scripture. Choose you this day. Choose you this day. Choose you this day. So He gives us the choices. And usually they boil down to life or death. Amen? Blessing or cursing. What do you choose? If you will wait, if you choose to wait and be in unity with the Spirit and your brothers and sisters, this is what? will happen. Amen? It's good. It's a great picture. It's a, it's a really beautiful picture. You get the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be able to be my witnesses. That's the focus. In Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the world. These were his last words, y'all. <laughs> As they watched, he was taken up and disappeared into the cloud. And they stood there. You can get in the context you know, where these guys are. They stood there staring into the empty sky. Suddenly two men appeared in the white robes and they said, You Galileans, why do you just stand here looking up at an empty sky? This very Jesus who was taken up from among you to heaven will come as certainly and mysteriously, as he left. So returning to Jerusalem, here they are. So they left, already instructed, wait, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait till you're endued with power. Amen? To be my witnesses in a different version. Amen? Isn't that good? So this is the context. Returning to Jerusalem. So they left the mountain, called Olives, and returned to Jerusalem. And it was a little over half a mile. They went to the upper room and they had been, that they had been using as a meeting place. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealot, Judas, son of James. They agreed. They agreed. They were in this for good. I mean, in it. In it. That is unity. That is unity. Completely together in prayer. And in prayer, you're seeking the Lord. You're talking to the Lord. You're keeping the Lord your focus, right? Completely together. The women included. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you'd enjoy that. Yeah, thank you for letting us use your woman cave. <laughs> So they agreed. They were in this for good completely. Uh, also, Jesus' mother, Mary, and his brothers. Now, watch this. They were so into it that they were ready. They, 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 were, they were doing the business. They were doing the, 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 um, uh, the practical aspects. Uh, what's that called? Yeah, administration. Thank you. See, I'm not even close to administration. <laughs> so, replacing Judas during this time, Peter stood up in the company. There were about 120 of them in the room at the time and said, Friends, long ago the Holy Spirit spoke through David regarding 
Judas, who became the guide to those who arrested Jesus. That scripture had to be fulfilled and now has been. Judas was one of us and had his assigned place in the ministry. As you know, he took the evil bribe money, evil bribe money and bought a small farm. And there he came to a bad end, rupturing his belly and spilling his guts. Ooh. And that wasn't because he was being vulnerable to his girlfriend. Every, just saying. Everybody in Jerusalem knows this by now. They call the place Murder Meadow. It's exactly what we find written in the Psalms. Let his farm become haunted so no one can live, even live there ever. And also what was written later. Let someone else take over his post. So, hey. They're ready. They're in. They're going to help God out. We're going to, I don't know if it's, I, who knows? Who knows? There's a lot of conjecture. Is that, is that a word? Judas must now be replaced. The replacement must come from the company of the men who stayed together with us from the time Jesus was baptized by John up to the day of his ascension, designated along with us as a witness to his resurrection. They nominated two, Joseph Barsabbas, nicknamed Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Oh, you, O oh God, know every one of us inside and out. Make plain which of these two men you choose to take the place in the ministry and leadership that Judas threw away in order to go his own way. Now, they would not have done this if they didn't take seriously the mandate. Right? Are you with me? This, I just felt like this was important to... to do the backdrop. This gives us the feel of what's going on. This is the context. The disciples are very serious. They are committed. They are united. They're doing their best to put things in order and in place to carry out the great commission from Jesus, their master. God is fixing to give them the promise that will actually make it all possible. Here we go. Acts 2 in the message. When the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, right? Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then, like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks. And they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. And we know from some... That, that, that the Spirit rested on their heads like flames of fire. And that's what these flames represent on the sides of the Holy Spirit. And, of course, the dove, too. But, and the flames around the dove. There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then, devout pilgrims from all over the world. When they heard the sound, they came on the run. Then, then when they heard one after another, their own mother tongues being spoken, they were thunderstruck. They couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on and kept saying, aren't these all Galileans? How come we're hearing them talk in our various mother tongues? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, visitors from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt. And the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, immigrants from Rome. Both Jews and proselytes, even Cretans and Arabs, oh my goodness. They're speaking our languages, describing God's mighty works. 
What were they doing? Describing God's mighty works. Wow. Powerful. You know, it's always the Spirit just <laughs> extols and uh, uh, expresses, um, gives credence, honors, worships the Father and the Son. I mean, just this powerful. That's what He does when He speaks and convicts us of sin. Their heads were spinning. They couldn't make head or tail of any of it. Do you think God had their attention? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They talked back and forth, confused. What's going on here? Others joked. They're drunk on cheap wine. Peter speaks up. That's when Peter stood up. That's actually a thing. Stood up and backed by the other 11. Isn't that good? Backed by the other 11. Began to jump up and down and roll in the aisle. He could leap over four pews at one time. No, no. Watch what he did with all this going on and having the perfect attention getter, you know, of the crowd gatherer. You know, that 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 thing that 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 works to pull a bunch of people together to listen to like got their attention, you know. And it's like, what does he do? He pitches Franklin Covenant. No, he just, no, I love this. Fellow Jews, all of you who are visiting Jerusalem, listen carefully and get this story straight. These people aren't drunk, as some of you suspect. They haven't had time to get drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is what the prophet Joel announced would happen. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. That's huge, y'all. Your sons will prophesy. Also, your daughters. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I'm dreaming a lot lately. When the time, amen, when the time comes, I'll pour out of my spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they'll prophesy. I'll set wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billowing smoke, the sun turning black and the moon blood red before the day of the Lord arrives, the day tremendous and marvelous. And here's what it's all about. Whoever calls out for help to me, God will be saved. Amen. Amen. And that, friends, is what the Holy Spirit is for. Amen. Everything else that comes along, all the gifts, all the abilities, all the everything else has to support this purpose. Are you with me? To build a church to be a light on a hill. To be salt in the world. To be hope to the hopeless. Amen? Because everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's a quote from the Old Testament, by the way. 
Is that not awesome? Let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful that your plan has not changed. That you are consistent. That you are present. That you are powerful. That you have a plan and you have invited us to join you in that plan. And so, Lord, we want to enjoy the unity. Enjoy the power. Enjoy the communion. And share it with all those who have need. And may many call upon your name and be saved. Because we're paying attention to your Holy Spirit. And we ask these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Who commanded us to love one another and share the love. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Don't forget, if you'd like to partake in communion, the servers will be up here. And please feel free to do that.